what is an individual's goal? Is an individual's goal for optimization? Then if their, their goal is to optimize skeletal muscle, a vegetarian vegan diet probably lacks sustainability for that, but it doesn't mean that they can't survive on it or function well on it. Again, is it about muscle mass or is it about other things? Hi friends, if you are always wondering how much protein do you need to gain muscle? What is the exact amount that stimulates muscle protein synthesis? Can you do this on a vegan or vegetarian diet? And what about collagen? How does that affect your tissue? Should you be mixing it in, for example, with your protein powder in your shake, if that's what you have in the morning? These are all great questions that Dr. Gabrielle Lyons answers in this short clip from my episode with her. It was an amazingly popular episode all about muscles tantric medicine. And if you want to listen to the full episode, it is episode 131. In some of the new research that came out, there was a paper in Nature, actually, Donald Lehman, who is uh, my partner in, um, he's my mentor, and we do a lot of education together. The gut microbiome, a vegan vegetarian individual who eats a lot of fibers and certain kinds of fibers, they're... The, the proof of concept study is that their gut microbiome looks more like a ruminant, like a cow. What does that mean? That means that they actually can break down and generate their own essential amino acids for a period of time. I That's saw wild. About yeah. On YouTube. I, when I was researching actually for mm-hmm. this podcast, really interesting conversation you're having as if, so if they've eat, if they're on a plant-based diet, they're then making enough essential amino acids. Yeah. By their gut bacteria, which is so right. fascinating. Because I get right. asked this question a lot with vegetarians. Well, how can I get enough protein without the, the difficulty, isn't it? Is then mm. not having, you're always having carbs. Every time you're having protein as a vegetarian or a vegan, you're having carbohydrates. Right. Particularly as a vegan, right. which can be a challenge for some people. But then if you have enough muscle mass, even notwithstanding the microbiome, right, the carbs are not going to be an issue because I remember eating such high carbs after my second pregnancy to get back in shape. Mm. And yeah, I kind of had an eight pack coming because I was training so hard. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It got to the point where I was like, actually, this is a bit too lean. I don't like it. And the carbs were not the issue because you're doing the right training. And I think that's the other component, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you're absolutely right. And I think that it's going to be interesting. The question will become, what is an individual's goal? Is an individual's goal for optimization? Then if their, their goal is to optimize skeletal muscle, a vegetarian vegan diet is, probably lacks sustainability for that, but it doesn't mean that they can't survive on it or function well on it. Again, is it about muscle mass or is it about other things? I will tell you the data shows and that I've seen in clinic is that vegetarians and vegans tend to be smaller, smaller bones, smaller muscle mass. They tend to have more related problems of aging, sarcopenia, osteoporosis, and that's more of a nutrient thing. And of course, oh, you know, over a lifetime of, of consumption of whatever that is. Um, yes. That being said, I do think the body can be very flexible. Again, the question becomes, how do you, you know, everything has a season. What season? So you were in your season after your second baby of getting lean and that was the season that you were in. And then you strategize what is your eating philosophy for that? Yeah, absolutely. Of co- yeah, of course, though, there are really good strategies that stand the test of time, which yeah, is what exactly. a protein forward strategy would be. And um, 
What about in terms of training? So when somebody is trying to do that body recomposition, um, what have you found in terms of the ideal balance? Like from from my understanding here, we have to create enough of a trigger, right? So we've got to lift heavy enough to create that stimulus to the muscle tissue. Have you found there's different ways of doing this? There's enough Hollywood celebrities that are saying, I just lift three pound dumbbells and I'm in this amazing shape. You'd have to do so many repetitions, right? Because right. that's even lighter than body weight. Right. Um, I'm just curious what you found and with your uh, in your clinic in that respect. Volume matters. Right. Focus intensity and Stu um, Stu Phillips talks a lot about this at McMaster University. It, it really is about volume, and I think that data is clear. And then it is about exertion, volume, and exertion. I recommend you know, and then training status. Is this a novice train? individual, is this an intermediate or advanced trained? If an individual is advanced, then there is a component to muscle memory. In addition, those people put on muscle mass much slower versus a new individual who is going to put on, they could put on a couple pounds of muscle in a, in a month, right? They could put on maybe two pounds of muscle, it depends. And then of course that training volume, is, is really what matters and how they're doing it. And if they're hitting body parts twice a week, you know, having a really good structured program is important. You know, I always recommend, like I said, Kara Killian or Lane Norton has great structured programs. These are guys that are very science oriented and, and Andy Gelpin, the reason why it's good to speak with an exercise physiologist when it comes to program programming there's always a path forward and you can do a path that takes a long time because you're inefficient or you can do a very efficient path forward. And I think when it comes to body recomposition, you have to get that exercise component and then you have to get that nutritional and the other, all the other components, right? Gut health matters, really your ability to absorb nutrients, um, sleep matters. Most people, many of the athletes that I train and many of the military ops guys, they all have sleep apnea even though they're fit, it, it, it has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the musculature. And a lot of the women, when women go through perimenopause and postmenopause, this is the time they get sleep apnea with hormones change. Mm, interesting. This is important stuff. And then you correct for the, the lifestyle factors and you see real improvement. And what about with, um, cause there's some curious and I haven't been able to really get to the bottom of this when you're looking at taking collagen orally, right? So it's not a full spectrum of essential amino no. acids. It's missing mm-hmm. the tryptophan, but it's providing very specific trigger, right? So it's triggering collagen production within the body. What happens if you then you have essential amino acids alongside collagen, do you then miss out on that, on that trigger? No, you don't, you have to, no, you don't, but it, it is missing tryptophan. So you would need tryptophan and it's very low in the branch chain amino acids. It's high in proline, hydroxyproline. You would need to do a combination and just really make sure that it was balanced. I think actually collagen is great. I think collagen is great. I don't think collagen is great for muscle. It doesn't do anything for muscle. I haven't seen a ton of great evidence on collagen, but I haven't clinically, I have seen it do really good things at much higher doses. And um, I do think it's a great product. And I do think that we are seeing some data for hair, skin, and nails, which makes sense. Um, the question becomes absorption. Mm. And it has to be at that high dose, doesn't it? A lot of the supplements you see when people are taking it actually so low in terms yeah. of the amount of collagen. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about with taking essential amino acids? So you were saying like with when you're looking at an, um, a protein source, mm -hmm. somewhere between 30 and 55 grams, yep. say you're going to actually just take some essential amino acids sure. in powder or tablet form. How much do you need of those? Because those are going right in. It's about 50%. So if it's, it's a, so if it, it's about 50%, so if it's 30 grams of protein, it's 15 grams of essential amino acids. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot to be taking. And then you're missing the food matrix. Mm. You're missing the iron, the zinc, the selenium, the B vitamins, the creatine, the taurine. I mean, maybe you're getting some taurine, but you're missing all the other components. We have to begin to think about the macronutrients and the food sources as food matrices. Right now, we have this isolated thought of protein, carbohydrates, and fats, as opposed to what is in it that makes up the whole component, right? When an individual goes to an essential amino acid, which can be very helpful if their diet is low in protein, the question then becomes, and what one would have to think about is what about the other components like I said, those minerals, those vitamins and minerals that you're now not getting. Yeah. Yeah. Which and that becomes an issue and that becomes an issue. And I, I do, but I do think it's very valuable. I do think that if, you know, you don't want to be eating that much or you are vegan and vegan or vegetarian, that can be beneficial. Mm. The other place that it's beneficial is if you are willing to add in a high quality protein like beef but you only want to eat one or two ounces, then you add in an essential amino acid mix. Yeah. Yeah. That can work. I've, I've used that as well. Sometimes like, I mean, it's weird. It doesn't taste great to mix it, but again, one has to understand that it needs to be consumed in together. It has to be consumed together to get enough of that stimulus. Yeah. If you, if you are looking for muscle, if you are looking to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, then you must feed it appropriately. And yep. what about when you're training, say you're doing a fasted resistance workout in the morning, would you take mm -hmm. some essential no. amino acids? No. no. Now you're moving into training in a low glycogen state, which we are beginning to see again. The, the research is very new on myokines. Myokines are cytokines produced by skeletal muscle that go through the body and can actually do some, some kind of nutrient partitioning like interleukin-6 this, I believe that depending on what the goal is, training fasted can be beneficial. Again, if you're looking for performance and of course, if your calories are controlled, then right now the argument is that it doesn't matter if you train fasted or not. From a different perspective, the cytokine release may be different when you are training fasted versus not. But again, this is very early science. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, 2009 or so right? This is, it's, is early science that these, yeah, that this, some of this data is coming out. Interesting. But you would say actually training in a fasted state is not an issue. So long as you're going to refuel. No, because no, right. That makes sense. I mean, exercise is a catabolic state. You don't train and you're not putting on muscle. You, you put on muscle. It's really in the recovery. And I think that those are good questions. I think it depends on the individual. And I think it depends on the kind of training. Mm -hmm. For example, my husband, who's a SEAL, he does, he trains fasted okay. and he'll go and do a hundred pull-ups, a million push-ups, and be nut job. And then he'll eat later. Yeah. Right. But he won't eat before he'd barf. I think it's also a function of time, isn't it? I was having a conversation with a client just today because like for me, for example, it's, I'm very unlikely to do a workout if it hasn't been done by And here in the UK now, it's like 2.45. Right. If I haven't worked out in the morning, it's unlikely. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, well, you have three children. You're like superhuman. I don't even know. What are their ages? 
They, well, they're older now. They are 14, 12, and 9. So I mean, it's Still, I don't even know. Yes, if you are not going to get up and do it, then I, I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I also think putting strategies where you know that you become the kind of person to do that thing makes the most sense. Yes, I agree. You become that person. It is a non-negotiable, right? This, you execute it. You don't wait for motivation. And I think that human behavior is incredibly predictable. You have to know your weaknesses deeply because they show up cyclically. And then you plan for them. Yes. That's been my experience. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.